This is a re-recorded and updated version of a video I made back in June after the Islamic terror attack near London Bridge. YouTube quickly locked the video to private for some spurious tagging offence. I appealed the decision but didn't hear back. Since I made this video, my subscriber base has grown quite a bit, and the vast majority of you won't have seen this. And, as the video contains some useful information you need to hear, I thought I'd redo it. I hope you find it useful. One of those caught up in the events was Gerard. He centers his view of what he experienced last night, but a warning, some viewers may find some of the content in the interview distressing. So I walk up to London Bridge, I go past the Outwest Bank, come under the train bridge, and next minute I saw a geezer on the floor going, I've been stabbed, I've been stabbed. So I looked at him, I saw blood all down him, his mate come past, someone stabbed my mate, someone stabbed my mate. The next minute I saw these three Muslim guys run up with knives, they ran up and started stabbing this girl, three of them. I was defenseless, I couldn't do nothing, mate. Mm -hmm. And then um, they attacked her. And then they stabbed another guy, I think, if I remember right, that was a bit shocked. They started running up the road, I started going, everybody run, the terrorists, the terrorists run, 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 they're stabbing everyone. So I followed them, went down towards the NatWest Bank, towards Borough Market, and then we got round there, they started running in, they ran up to, the, I think, the tavern, they stabbed the bouncer. They stabbing, they're running in all the pubs, all the bars, I can't remember all of them, but they're running in, they're stabbing everyone. I was going to people, run, 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 I was throwing bottles at them, pint glasses, stalls, chairs, I tried to help as many people as I could, but at the end of the day, I was defenseless, mate. If I had a fellow over there, they'd probably kill me. When you're saying they were stabbing everyone, what, what, what did you actually see them they do? They were running up, going, this is for Allah. When they first see him, they went, this is for Allah, and they run up, they stabbed this girl, I don't know how many times, 10 times, maybe 15 times. And uh, she was going, help me, help me, and I could not do nothing. I tried to help her. I threw sand at him. I was a bike on the floor. I tried to pick up the chair, but he was locked to it to frighten him, just to get him away from her. I could not do nothing. Our apologies for any um, offensive uh, language that you, you uh, may have heard there. You can see. When you look at kind of the nature of the activity, the nature of kind of this type of uh, uh, indiscriminate violence, to me, it very much looks like either kind of uh, an incident which was organized and delivered, a terror attack which was organized and delivered by uh, the Islamic State, or at least uh, inspired by, uh, by the Islamic State. Because at least this is very much reflection of what they have been telling us, certainly over the last week, right at the beginning uh, of the holy month of uh, Ramadan, in their own uh, kind of magazine, uh, Arumia, the, the current spokesperson uh, for, uh, for the organization, uh, Abdul Hassan al-Muhajirun, said that actually if the believers uh, cannot make it to the battlefronts in Iraq and Syria, they should use the holy month of Ramadan uh, to use any tool they have at their disposal uh, to kind of create maximum fear and maximum destruction anywhere they can. In the aftermath of last night's Islamic terrorist atrocity in the UK, we ponder what it means to live amongst those who will regularly and happily mass murder us and our children as part of their religious duty. As we do so, we realise that the time for half-truths and sidestepping difficult questions is long since past. To continue the Islamization of the West is to sign our own death warrants. The Trojan horse of multiculturalism 
and the denial of the liberal class have presented us with a fight we dare not shirk. But look only to yourself and other patriots in this fight, because the powers that be are not interested in helping us. I tell you now that the governments, law enforcement agencies and media outlets of the West are overseeing our destruction. They stand by and watch as Islam gains more power in our lands. They tell us about the religion of peace to cover their mistakes and the gender for our future. They turn a blind eye to the mass rapes of white children by gangs of Muslim men. They preach tolerance and diversity while perpetuating the policies that destroy both. They report the news of Islamic terror attacks, but never mention the word Islam. They try and convince you that the worst thing in the world is to be called a bigot, or a racist, or a Nazi, or an Islamophobe. But I say to you that there are many worse things than that, as the ever-growing list of Islamic atrocities demonstrates. The insults of our enemies may seem powerful, but they are empty. The words they use only have power if we continue to give them power. Only when we cease to care what they say about us will we break free of their spell and this circle of carnage. You may think your silence will buy you safety, but it will not. To the governments of the West, these are merely the birth pains of the globalized world they want to create through multiculturalism. To them, your life is a price worth paying. We know what we need to do. We have to protect ourselves, our people, and our way of life. Freedom is not free, and never has been. To protect the gifts we have requires the sacrifice of brave men and women that have the vision to see where our current path is inevitably leading. We have to rediscover our primal instinct for survival that has been choked out of us by our modern culture of numb consumerism. This fight is real. Wake up. Not all Muslims are violent, they will say. And they are right. Not all Muslims have to be violent. All that is required of these so-called moderate Muslims is that they do nothing to stop those called by their God to kill the kafar, the unbelievers, us. These are the Muslims that harboured the Paris attacker in their midst for weeks. The leftist apologising for this hostile creed has to stop. It isn't our friend, and it never will be. Islam does not seek to coexist, and anyone who tells you that it does is lying to you or dangerously ignorant of the history and doctrine of Islam. The word Islam itself literally means submission, and this is what their God commands them to do throughout the world make others submit. They will not stop murdering our people until their flag flies above our Houses of Parliament. In Islamic law, there are three classifications pertaining to places on the earth. The first of these is Dar al-Islam, the House of Islam, which pertains to places where Islamic law prevails. The second is Dar al-Sul, the House of Treaty, which pertain to areas that have an armistice with a Muslim territory, in other words, a temporary suspension of war. 
And finally, Dar al-Harb, the house of war, which pertains to non-Islamic lands whose rulers are called upon to accept Islam. So there are no other ways in which Muslims see the world. A place is either Islamic or on the way to becoming Islamic. Their struggle will never cease, and our multiculturalist governments and law enforcement agencies are complicit in helping bring this about. My European brothers and sisters, our home has become the house of war. As we add another six bodies to the 22 people killed in Manchester, not even two weeks ago, I say to the families of the dead and maimed, with the greatest of respect, that carrying on as before is not going to work. Calling for an illusory unity is only going to ensure that more families go through the same trauma that you are going through now. The Muslims that do violence as a duty to appease their God only see weakness in this response. Singing Oasis songs in the face of our enemy's bullets isn't taking the moral high ground. It is teaching our children to accept their own massacre and only confirms the suspicion of our enemies that we are done as a civilization. take great heart in our collective impotence, and they know that our delusion of peaceful coexistence guarantees the success of their struggle in the house of war. In this most dire of situations, our compassion can no longer be for those of alien cultures, for the young men piling into boats in their hundreds of thousands from Africa and the Islamic world. Our compassion can only be for our people and way of life, the struggle of our ancestors and the existence of our descendants demand it. Not until we are once again secure in our own territory can we extend the hand of friendship to those in other parts of the world. Our road to hell is paved with the good intentions and lies of the left and those who support and work to bring about the end of Western civilization. It is time we stopped, looked around and woke up to the fact that the more we import the third world into our lands, the more like the third world they will become. If you are blessed with children, I ask you to honestly reflect on the world we have all helped to create and where it is heading. I ask you to reflect on what your child's life will be like when they are your age and what their children's lives will be like. Stand up for them now while you still have the choice to do so. So, what can we do? First, all immigration from the Islamic world and the intake of refugees must cease, immediately. And those that are already here must be humanely removed as soon as possible. Yes, we should send humanitarian aid to war-torn regions, but we have to put our security first, and there can be no compromise on that. But Islam as it is cannot continue in the West. It's hard to see a reformation coming anytime soon, and every life lost while we hope that it will is more blood on our hands. 
the mosques have become centers of indoctrination against the societies that host them. They have become islands of anti-Western sentiment, and they must be watched, penetrated, and, if need be, shut. The Islamic cult of secrecy and lies must end. We must demand that the Islamic ghettos of the West be strongly policed and purged of their violent elements. There can no longer be Islamic no-go zones in our homelands. They are the basis from which our enemy draws sustenance and support. We are told that in the UK alone there are over 23,000 Islamic radicals known to police and over 500 plots under active investigation. This hostile army has only just begun its campaign, and the state of war that now exists in the West demands that we draw up plans for the mass detention and deportation of those known to be hostile. Those who have gone to fight or provide support for Islamic terrorists abroad, and their children, must be first, and those still out there must never be allowed to return. In tandem with this strategy, we must demand our governments disentangle themselves from all Islamic lands. We have no business there. And, if we seek peace through separation, it must be two-way. We must end the arms deals to countries like Saudi Arabia, from where the most violent parts of Islam arise, get our troops out of harm's way, and let the region settle its own affairs. With every move our governments make in the region, the worst situation becomes for ordinary people in the West, and this cannot be allowed to continue. Islam in the West must be brought to heel, and quickly. There is a long, bitter struggle ahead, caused by decades of wishful thinking and looking the other way. But if our governments cannot or will not protect us, then we have to find ways of doing it ourselves. Until next time. Be well.